All right, Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to Umarpreneur Live for a very unique and first time experience on this podcast of holding a discussion panel instead of an interview. And I couldn't find two better guests to join me today other than who I have here, which is my good friend, Abdul Shakur, who is a private equity consultant and mentor. And also my sister and good friend, Cordelia Gaffar, who is an emotions mastery coach and renowned author. And both of these guests join me today on this panel to discuss a very important topic, which is work-life balance as entrepreneurs. And this is a topic that I had already discussion with Abdul Shakur. And uh, I wanted to also bring Sister Cordilla on because we all come from different walks of life and we all approach entrepreneurship in a different way. Uh, Sister Cordelia, you're a mother of how many children? Can you remind our viewers? Six. Mashallah, amazing. Okay. Six children. And she's still an amazing entrepreneur that's always showing up powerfully, more than I am, to be honest. And then we have Brother Abdul Shakur also, who is consistent on the gram and on FB all day. And he still manages to find time to be with his spouse and enjoy his free time. So I wanted to bring these people on because I'm not that type of person. And I want to know what's their secret and is that really the way to go? So we're going to have this discussion. But first, Assalamu alaikum, Cordelia. Assalamu alaikum, Abdul Shakur. Thank you for being on. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, definitely. And yeah, I think it's always good. It's, it's, it's good to be back. Definitely. It's it's honestly good to have you back. And by the way, we're gonna have a lot of these, like maybe sometimes slight interru- interruptions, guys, because it's a panel, it's not an interview like we usually do. So if we do, just bear with us. Uh, we'll we'll get through it. Now, um, inshallah, I think the first question that I have and that I wanted to start with, and I'll, I guess I'll take turns. So I'll, I want to ask you first, Cordila, and then I'll go ahead and ask Abdul Shakur's opinion on this. But I want to get your opinion on work-life balance, this concept, this abstract concept that people discuss, that people promote consistently. Is that a good concept to have? Is that a bad concept to have? What does it mean to you as an entrepreneur? That's a great question. It is a great concept to have, but what's even better than having a concept is having a practice. So um, for example, today you were asking me, you know, (laughs) just like this morning and I looked at my schedule and I was like, this is the one open space in the day. And to be clear, what that means is that means half an hour before I was doing nothing and half an hour after I'm doing nothing, right? So I'm not literally squeezing you in and running off to somewhere, okay? So that is part of the balance. Second part of that practice is um, I have certain days where, like if this had been Monday, I'd be like, I'm sorry, brother, thank you for thinking of me, okay? Because I don't do Mondays like this. Um, (laughs) um, Also, I I might do it on a Thursday because Thursday also tends to be like a social day for me. But uh, if anyone has listened to any of my podcasts, you'll know that I'll say that I don't work on Thursdays. Like, mm. you know, that's not a brain day for me. So this is like, what I'm saying is knowing your energy, knowing your capacity on certain days, and then what you've committed to. Um, this particular Thursday also happens to be my daughter's birthday. So I wouldn't, I would also say no thank you on a Thursday this right. week. So, you know, it's that, that kind of um, prioritizing what's truly important in your life definitely and a quick quick thing that i wanted to to ask you you mentioned you take thursdays off that's a very interesting day to take off that's the first time i hear about that is there is there a specific reason for that uh because i work sunday through wednesday and by wednesday that's like my marathon day so i need a breather on thursday okay 
Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. That's a that's an interesting way to put it. So you actually power through Sunday. Do you work on Saturday as well? No, self nurturing okay. Saturday. Got it. And if you, <laughs> if you guys follow Cordial on Instagram, you'll know that that's a thing. By the way, that's awesome. Uh, I want to get your opinion, brother. So work life balance. We had a discussion about it over the phone. We disagree. I'll share my opinion later. But what's your opinion on this? And is it good or bad? Tell me your thoughts. So um, I think I came to learn that everything is connected. So it's like a domino effect. So if one area or two or more areas of your life get affected, it will have a domino effect on every other area of your life. For example, if you if your social life or your family life isn't great right now, what will happen is it will stress you out at work. That means you won't perform at work and you'll always be trying to find a distraction. That means you won't get time for friends. That means you won't get, and that, that means you won't make money. That means like it'll just, not going to affect every other area of your life so for me i've learned that if i want to do well at work i also need to maintain that balance or maintain the other areas of my life it's a bit like the british cycling team for example um i remember they they were one of the champions here for for years running and they had that same ideology of if we try and improve everything by one percent then we'll we'll see more I'd say a better result in the longer run. Mm-hmm. And and do you think that have, maintaining a work-life balance is the key to improving everything by one percent? Is that is that what you're insinuating? Yeah, absolutely. Because that way you can track everything. If you take time, if you take time to have a life, you know, have a work-life balance, then you'll be able to keep a track of the other areas at the same time. Well, if you're trying to squeeze it in around your work, then those things don't take priority, which means you're not really focusing on those areas. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, I have, I have a question about that because myself as an entrepreneur, I mean, work-life balance, it's, it's an interesting concept. It sounds good. And on paper, it makes sense. But as an entrepreneur, our business is our life. Like when we, when we work on something, we put our 110%. Like you, you feel like a piece of your soul is being invested into this project, honestly, as an entrepreneur. And for us, can we truly attain, is, is work-life balance even truly attainable? Can you reach the point where, you know, just like someone that clocks out after a nine to five and completely empties his mind and enjoys himself. Are you able to reach this level as an entrepreneur? Because for me, I am, I, I find difficulty with that. And I might need to get coached by Sister Cordelia on this, but I, I find some difficulty with that. So is that even attainable? Have you, have you guys attained this full disconnection from your work, so, from, from what you do? Of course not, Abby. Right. So what we're really talking about, I say me and Abdul Shakur would agree on its harmony is what we're saying. Right. So it's like, um, of course, your business is always in your heart. Right. Yeah. I don't work on Thursdays, but like if I meet someone and we're having a conversation and they're just like, gosh, Cordelia, you know, I've been following you for a while. I'd really like to work with you. I'd be like, that's great. So let's set that appointment. And we'll talk, you know, at this time, but right now let's just enjoy our cappuccino, right? So. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, so you, you make that distinction and you, and you actively protect it. You guard it, right? Like if, if there's an intrusion, then, then you guard that intrusion. You make sure that, you know, these things stay separate. What about you, Dulshkar? I, I think, I think I love what Kudelia uh, is saying. It's like um, something I learned of, of my wife and there was another uh, a mentor that I had she was saying is about setting boundaries um 
and and those boundaries are saying to yourself actually i'm going to look after myself or i'm going to stop this conversation uh because it's not worth it it's generally not going to help me in the long run by me sitting there thinking about work all night it's going to it's it, i'm i'm not going to be able to focus in the next morning so i you you have to kind of say okay I get to that point where for example after this interview it's going to be like okay that's my switch off point I will not open my laptop my laptop's in a separate room I will not come back to it and I will go and and do what I want to do you know with my spouse uh, or with my partner or even just just head towards the kitchen for example so it's like you you have to set that boundary and it's about separating it and what I mean by separating sometimes it does mean physical as well a lot of the time we work from our rooms we work from our, our living rooms and that for me i've realized that is that it doesn't help because you can't set a boundary right and and boundaries that's an interesting topic that i want to dive into because i mean there is there is the argument and i'm i'm going to keep playing like a devil's advocate as they say in this discussion so we can actually have both sides of the coin uh you know there is the side of you know you want to have these boundaries but then if you look at entrepreneurs like you know legendary entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk and these guys that you know have built these companies that have truly disrupted the market in in a very big way they were 110% always into their business to a point where actually their personal lives unfortunately suffered and not that it's a good thing I'm I'm not advocating but but what I'm saying is there is only so much energy and focus that we can put into a certain project or put into certain aspects of our lives right so if you are split i think as a startup entrepreneur your business requires more of you than someone that maybe has a business that's more established when you're starting up should you also be prioritizing and impose limits on yourself to maintain that work life balance because essentially you're splitting that focus and energy right and it's going to take you longer to be profitable in your business longer to grow that business and to get it up and running on its feet Right. what's your opinion on that does work life balance change or does this do the priorities change over time depending on where you are at in your business go for it cordelia so. i mean no i was going to let him go first <laughs> <laughs> no please go for it i i can i can see your facial expressions and i'm like i want to hear what you have to say and then go for it um i mean my priorities have always been the same right so i started my business when my youngest was a year old Um so I knew that I needed to work with people in the UK because she woke up at 9 a.m. and I'm an early riser, right? So I could work from 5 to about 8 um with people in a different country but nobody's awake in the US, right? Or in Canada. Um so that has maintained and as a result of that, right? I have uh relationships in the UK and um and even now um like I'll still now she's older right they're all older and they wake up at 11 <laughs> which is even better so like my entire work day is over <laughs> and then I can be with my kids the rest of the day so yeah okay so and you feel like no matter what stage you're at in your business like the the amount of time that you split up between your work and and your personal life does that change do you make adjustments depending on where you're at in your business or is it always the same um I have made, had to make adjustments um like before covid when I was traveling right so I did have to um have different kind of boundaries um that was like partner related right right um 
So those things have changed as my business has grown and I, it's required different things of me. But um, for the most part, you know, things are pretty much the same. Like I know what my priorities are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there, it's pretty much, it, it, there's a slight adjustment, but overall you, you try to maintain a certain consistent pattern. Yes. From what I understand. What about you, Abdul Shakur? Is that, is that the case for you as well? When you were starting up your business and now, is there a difference in your work-life balance? I think there's a huge difference, but I think I've learned my lesson. So um, when I started, I was very much working 20-hour days, doing night shifts alongside my business. I, I like I I gave everything to, and and what I realized, it actually destroyed my life in many ways. It destroyed my relationship with my parents. It, it affected my social life. I didn't know who I was. I got to the stage where I was like, why did I even start my business in the first place? Was it was it the sense of purpose? You know, have, have I lost that? You know, a lot of the time we get into business because we're running away from uh, being stuck in something. We want more time freedom. We want more financial freedom. We want the ability to do what we want to do in our terms. And we get into that when we start off with that reason, but then we become a slave to our business. And mm -hmm. I speak to so many entrepreneurs even today who are, for example, have been in business 10 years, very similar to myself, um, even who are a lot older than I am, and, and they regret it. They realize that actually their business has now become something they just have to do. Like they have to get up and they have to run a business. They no longer have that passion. They no longer have that desire to have a sense of purpose or to create that time freedom. It gets so stuck into it, it just turns into another job. Um, and that's what business isn't about. Um, and, and going back to the example of Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and all these guys, you've got to remember these guys also had teams in place. These guys also had co-founders. These guys also had other people who they could rely on. And this is where a lot, and, and this is where we can't really we can't really compare ourselves to other people in that way. Um, and we can't say, you know, just because they worked 100 hours a day doesn't mean that we should, doesn't mean that it's any good, doesn't mean that it's actually great for us. We get into business to have more time freedom, especially as Muslims, we have this sense of purpose. We want, you know, we're here not for this dunya, but actually for the hereafter. So we want to try and do what we can whilst we're alive. If we're working in our business for 10, 20 years straight, trying to reach a financial goal, is it actually is it actually you know our purpose on this earth? Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's the question that I ask the people. And don't get me wrong, we can all forget it. We all lose our way sometimes. We all get distracted. Um, you know, I got distracted with the lifestyle. I got distracted with the networking events and the fancy things, and it, it doesn't help. But then you slowly have to come back to the reality of life. Um, if it wasn't for my wife showing me that, I wouldn't I wouldn't have this balance. I wouldn't have. Uh, this idea of looking after myself because she showed me and she said, look, you work extremely hard. You deserve a break. You deserve time off. You deserve to have the nicer things in life, but you're sacrificing all of that and you're throwing it all away. For what? For what? Mm -hmm. And see, this is a good point. I mean, first of all, like you said, don't compare yourself to anybody but yourself. Second of all, you know, as you, as I keep saying, it's like when I make my decisions and I make my priorities, it's based on my energy level, my capacity of what I know that I'm capable of doing in a day. Me, I got to go to sleep at nine o'clock. I would never work 20 hours a day. I just couldn't, right? Like the only time I did that is when my kids were under two <laughs> because I was working for the kids, right? They were my boss. So, <laughs> mm. um, 
And, and then of course, you know, your last point about as Muslims, right? Because Allah has given us a gift, right? But when you ravage your body by not honoring it, then it's no longer a gift, right? Now you can't serve anybody like that. You're mm -hmm. human, you are human, you know? Definitely. And we already have a lot of questions coming into the from the audience. So I'm, I'm happy to see the interaction is there. So we're gonna dive into some very soon, but I wanna ask you, so the hustle mentality, right? As entrepreneurs, especially people who promote entrepreneurship to unsuspecting uh, citizens, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, like oh, entrepreneurship, nine to five, hustle lifestyle. Like, is that is that constructive or is it destructive to entrepreneurship or, or to what we're trying to do here? It's um, destructive. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I should have. Uh, you know, no, that's fine. I was going to say um, it's definitely destructive and i tell you the two reasons why look at everyone look at the figures look at the research on entrepreneurs we've got more suicide rates we've got more we've got more issues entrepreneurs don't get married till they're 35 usually there's there's so many challenges that we see as entrepreneurs where the figures in normal terms not even as muslims even in normal terms that there's so many challenges like where does that come from yeah. It comes from that hustle mentality. It comes from that behavior of pushing ourselves to burnout. And I've burnt out three or four times. And what that does is it actually chips away at your self-worth. It chips away at your confidence. It chips away at even just being able to communicate with the people that you love. Like I remember, like, I end up hating my friends who I was very close with because I'm like, they don't understand me. And it's the same with parents. Like, I don't understand me. They don't understand the hustle mentality. They don't understand that lifestyle that I'm about. But that, you know, you're at the same time, you're destroying the relationships that you have because of that mentality or because of that hustle lifestyle. So there's actually more problems than actual, um, you know, good things that come of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and on the other hand, if you are married, like in my case, I was already married, you know, um, but now you've chosen to do something different, you know, there that does um, change the dynamic of your relationship. And it takes, uh, you know, a certain type of spouse to be able to support, <laughs> you know, a wife. Uh, I, I mean, because I work with women, right? So women um, will, if they, become successful, usually get divorced because that's a rare man that's going to hang in there and be supportive in the way that she's going to need, right? It's more common, like in Abdul Shakur's case, right? He got married. His wife is saying, darling, you know, pay attention to yourself. You work so hard, right? Um, your husband's not going to do that. Right. But look, like you're, uh, most men, they're not going to be like that. They're not going to say, look, honey, you know, take some time, let's have a date night. And me, I actually keep my life in harmony and, you know, do those things. So, and, uh, and I'm not going to get into my personal life, but I'm just going to say that it has strained my relationship. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's even for the most balanced um, female entrepreneurs, but most often the women that I know um, that are highly successful, they've gotten divorced. Um, going that way so that's an, a really important topic that i actually want to want to broach because i i can relate to it and even from uh, from the mass perspective you know and, and you said something <laughs> something pretty accurate but although funny and it shouldn't have to be that you know men won't do the same that 
what Abdul Shakur's wife did, which is, you know, take the time off and take the time you need. And it, and it does affect the relationship. But even as men, you know, when we're in a relationship, our, our spouses have this expectation of us to spend a certain amount of time with them, right? To maybe, you know, we want to just finish this one task. We want to squeeze it out by the end of the day because we know it'll feel good and we'll be able to do more tomorrow. But, you know, you have your spouse sitting there and she's like, you know, now's the time. Like, this is our evening tea. What's happening? You're not here. So, like, like, how do you, I mean, how do you manage that? Because Sister Cordelia, tell me, like, I'm, I'm trying to learn from you right now. Tell me, how do I do this? <laughs> so, you know, you have to ask yourself three questions. And look, I don't really already have those. So they're coming up as I'm talking. Um, yeah. Is uh, if you don't get this done today, is the world going to end? Is your business going to be no more, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is important in this moment? What do you have the capacity to do? Right? Do you have more capacity to have that tea and look into your wife's beautiful eyes or you have more capacity to stare at that screen for like 10 more minutes? Mm -hmm. And you know, knowing that the 10 more minutes is going to be 45 minutes because something's going to go wrong. I'm just saying. So, 100%. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so for me, what I do in that moment, I'm like, I know like th theoretically this is going to be 10 minutes, but if I had a choice, it's 7.30, now I'm gonna just shut it down and you know bookmark this and you know go back to life. Got it, got it. So you still, even though you have that urge in you to kind of squeeze it out, you're like, you know what? This, you're, you're very attentive to guarding the separation again, as we kind of talked about before, is that correct? Yeah, but it's mostly for my own energy, right? Mm -hmm. That's why the other question that you have to ask yourself, do you have the physical capacity, the energetic capacity? Because the other side of that tea with your wife is, whatever it is, you know what I mean? So are you going to be present with her emotionally? And that's right. that's gonna affect your relationship. Right, what are your thoughts on that, Abdul Shakur? Um, I, I love everything uh, Kudelia is saying. I have, a, I have a habit of writing down what I do in the day. So I write down as much as I can. So, okay, this is what I've done. Because sometimes we don't realize our work ethic. We actually do achieve a lot in a day, but we don't recognize it. So for me, I've, I've started to write down. I have a, a little journal on, on, on the left-hand side of my desk. Where I'm, as soon as I've done something, I write it down. And then I get to, the, I get to like 5 o'clock, and I have a look at it, and I think, have I done enough? And if I see a list of more than seven things, I'm like, okay. That, 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 that's enough for me. Like if I can, I can keep going, but actually I've done enough. If, because business never ends, it just never stops. There's always gonna be something that we can do or we have to do. But until we recognize actually we've done enough for today, let's come back to it tomorrow. Let's start afresh tomorrow. And but see that's the thing that's where we disagree and I'm I'm like kind of like the really the <laughs> I'm really the I'm really the hustle mentality kind of guy all right guys so I'm, I'm trying to spoil it to everyone here I'm the hustle mentality kind of guy and I, and I understand there's there's a separation that has to be made and I understand that but I, my argument is this is it really depends on what you're trying to build because look look if you want a business that maintains itself and you want to make a certain level of income and you want to be in a place where look it's it's things are consistent alhamdulillah it's growing and it's steady cool, I think that can be done. And you can have a very great separation and really invest enough time into both and, and make sure that you have a productive life in both areas. But if you're trying to build like something where you're trying to truly like make a change on a worldwide level, or you're trying to make an impact on, on a level that hasn't been done before, right? Hmm. And, and sometimes doing that requires all of you 
right? Like Nelson Mandela didn't separate between, you know, his, what he, what he did and, and, you know, the, his personal life, it was, it was him the whole time. Things like people like Mahatma Gandhi, you know, he was Mahatma Gandhi all the time and his life was dedicated to that. He literally like lived in an ashram and that's all he did. You know what I mean? And so like people that make these changes that disrupt the world, you know, the, they give all of themselves they give because they know that that it won't accept any less right it won't accept any less from them and so is it possible to you know reach that level but still have the work-life balance of someone that has a consistent business and it's reliable but they also have a thriving personal life because my argument is depending on what you're trying to achieve one area is going to suffer what are your thoughts on this uh sister Cordelia? let's let's go with you first and we'll we'll dive into the do you really think that Nelson Mandela, when he started, was planning to change the world in the way he did? Do you really think he saw himself like 30 years later coming out of jail and, and stopping apartheid? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yes, we all want to change the world. And, you know, inshallah, whatever Allah wills for us or whatever the outcome is going to be for our business will be. But being detached from that level of outcome can calm down and slow down your hustle. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in the moment, you're just, again, I have to say you're human, right? And you always have to look at your capacity day by day. I mean, a better example would be, I would say the Prophet ﷺ, right? Because he wasn't out to really change the world. He was just, you know, yeah. getting downloads from Allah and just, you know, sharing in a message with a couple of people. And that's the same way. I mean, that's the perfect example for us as Muslims. Just if we approach it that way. And now look, did you think he, he knew like a thousand years later that there would be like, what, four or five billion Muslims in the world? No, I don't think that was coming to, you know what? I think I'm, you know, on a trajectory to, you know, <laughs> the entire world to be Muslims. I don't think that was, you know what I mean? He was doing it moment by moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the focus is in the moment, but then what happened after came after is what you're, what you're saying essentially. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that, Dulshikar? Um, I love the example of the Prophet. And, and one, one of the things that stood out to me about the Prophet was he, he had the time for his wife. There's, there's stories of him being romantic to his wife. There's stories of him playing with kids and, being, and enjoying and loving that time with you know, playing with kids. So if, if the Prophet had time for the people that he loved and he had, you know, what, what, what is that excuse? Yeah, you know, right. that, that's my mentality. Second right. thing is we have access to technology. We have one of the biggest resources we don't have to travel for like in the province we don't have to travel for 100 miles or for 100 days just to get somewhere and give someone a message we can literally sell on something like this speak to a thousand people within a facebook group and spread our message so is our you know we've actually got it a lot easier than most people if we want to make a, a truly global impact there's more money in the world today. There's more resources in the world today. There's more things in the world today. For example, I no longer have to get as rich as Bill Gates to, to open up schools and to set up a foundation. I can raise money. I can do other things. You know, I can do philanthropic through social enterprises. There's so many different ways of getting somewhere now. And Steve Jobs, he didn't have that. 
technology didn't have the same level of capacity or didn't have the, the same level of innovation and evolution that we have today. So we've got to count ourselves lucky that we have the ability to, to, to make uh, money, to build a business, to make an impact from our homes. Like my, li my lifestyle right now is I get up in the morning. I go to, I don't start work till probably 12, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. My first call is around 12, 1 p.m. My morning is just for me. I go to the gym, I come back, I have breakfast. I, I take my time, ease myself in. I finish about five, six o'clock, maybe seven if I have another call. So there's, you, you, we're able to do that. We're able to sell and build trust with people halfway across the world. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you're a great example of this. You've got customers across the world in so many different countries that, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and I think we need to recognize that that's all possible from the comfort of our own home. And, and I completely agree. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And it's a topic that I was talking about with my students in our coaching program this week, actually. But one other flip side to it that I want to bring to the table uh, for the sake of the discussion is we have this pro of because of globalization and internet and the things that we have access to today, entrepreneurship has never been easier. You don't need to like buy a retail store. You don't need to, you know, you, like you said, I have clients in the Philippines, in the US, in the UK, all over the world, alhamdulillah. At the same time, competition has never been heavier. And that's also one thing that I feel like we should all keep in mind. And it would be, it wouldn't be fair for us not to mention that in the sense that before when you apply to a job or when you built a business, you were competing within a five mile radius, right? You were competing within a 10 mile radius. Now, when you position yourself as a coach, as a consultant, you're competing on a global stage. So it's, and I was telling this to my students because I was essentially, we we're talking about the offers and the things that we do. And I was really telling them that it's not good enough to be good enough anymore. You have to be great. You have to be great, right? And so there's a certain amount of extra effort that we have to put. And I think it's a good thing because now, you know, you can't just provide like an, uh, you know, just uh, kind of like a, an unsatisfactory service or, uh, you know, have unhappy customers and still grow as a business, people will eventually find out. So I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, it's important to know that there's a little bit of extra effort to be put into the offer to your customer satisfaction and to the things that you do to ensure that you're successful. Um, I want to hear your, your feedback on that, Sister Kujila. Let's go. So, okay. Again, your only yeah. competition is yourself, right? So there is not another Abby um, in the world. There isn't. No one can show up like you. Second of all, the only way to be the to to be extraordinary is to face what makes you um, motionless and is your deepest fear. Right? My formula for success: you dive into your darkest emotions to show up powerfully. All the stuff that scares you, right? You have to face that and that builds your bone marrow and your, your sense of self. And once you've overcome yourself, then it doesn't, you know, you can just, you are your brand, you know? Like right now, I can't go for a cappuccino without someone asking me, oh, so could you help me with so-and-so? Yes, next Tuesday at one o'clock, right? Because that that's how you have to show up, but you can't show up by the beautiful graphics, you know, and the perfect talk, you know, you have to just be. And just, you know, allowing yourself to be is, is, is the way to do it. And, and that's a very powerful concept, but 
you know, and again, I, I agree with that. And I think on a mindset level, you have to have that. You ha- because if you don't, you're going to drive yourself to a point of inaction, like to paralysis, because you're going to look around you and be like, all these other people are doing what I'm trying to do or in a different way. You know, what, what may, how, how am I ever going to be successful? And it drives you into paralysis when there's definitely enough room out there for everyone because, you know, with globalization, there's the global competition. But there's also a global market. So there's a lot more potential customers, potential people out there that you can work with. Um, but before I, I dive into kind of like a response, I want to hear what Abdul Shakur has to say in case, you know, you have something waiting. I don't want to, I want to make sure that you don't lose I your shit. see thought. what he has to say. Yeah, go for it, please. Okay, so I, I definitely agree with Cordelia and you know, you're, you're competing with yourself. Uh, but I also believe we live in a very, in a world where in all the noise, trust and human and authenticity are gonna become even more important. So from a personal brand perspective, nobody's got the same experience as me. Nobody has got the exact same thought process. There's a, a million and one ways to get somewhere. There's a one to achieve the same result. So by you being authentic and saying this is my approach and this, this is my way of doing it you're going to find people who are going to resonate with that just like abby you could have you know you could be any other person but it's your message it's your tone of voice it's it's the way you put things across that makes you unique and helps you stand out so from you know that's always been my belief and um, the second thing is we no longer can copy something and and you know and and see it work for us you know every person is different so we're gonna have to do things differently this only actually forces us to innovate this only forces us to be more creative so actually in a world where everything is is a bit bland and a bit normal or is you know it's very traditional it's actually pushing us to be more creative come up with better solution because if you think about creativity and innovation where does it come from it's usually a combination of different things brought together but more importantly, it's actually there to solve a problem in a better way. And, and, if, and we should have, as Muslims especially, we should have that mindset of, of life of always trying to solve a problem in a better way. And if we treat ourselves and our personal lives and if we treat our businesses in the same way, it's only going to help us improve. Definitely. And so how do you how do you maintain that? How do you maintain that you know work-life balance? How do you impose limits? Because we talked about that and people are listening and uh, just to let you know, for everyone that sent questions, we're already at like seven questions. We're going to dive into these soon, guys. Keep putting them in the comments. Mashallah, people are loving this uh, panel right now. So, and we'll, I promise we'll try to get as many as possible. So make sure to keep putting your questions in the comments, guys. And while they're doing that, how do you impose limits to maintain that work-life balance? Because you mentioned, again, you you have a way where someone comes up to you. You tell them, yes, but let's do it on that time because that's when it works for me. You know, c- can we give any tips for people in regards to that? Um. I mean, the, it's it's really the same thing. You always want to, you know, have your your personal self or your social self and your professional self be two mm-hmm. distinct, separate entities, um, mm-hmm. even in the same interaction. Um, and I, you know, you kind of threw me off because I wasn't expecting to come back to that after what he said about oh. <laughs> innovation. I was like. Yeah, innovation. Let's talk about that. Yeah, 100% um, we will. But So w- while we dive into that, quick, can you give a quick tip to our audience? How, do you, how, should, they, how should they limit that intrusion onto their personal life, right? Onto that time where they want to put away for their work. 
Yeah, I mean, like definitely, you know, at the weddings, we're not going to talk about it. You know, <laughs> don't don't tell me when I'm over. You know, my mother-in-law's house. Let's not talk about that. You know, definitely. Look, here's my calendar link. I'll text it to you right now. I'm serious with that. Um, and don't tell me about you know what went down at work and how to deal with your boss. You know, I understand right now as a friend, I'm going to listen to you. And, um, you know, but if you want some real deep help with that and you're serious about it, you know, there, there's a separate time and space for that. Um, because energetically when I'm down, when I'm in my downtime, I want to be in my downtime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. What about you, brother? Um, I love the calendar system. Uh, sending a calendar link has uh, always been a thing. I, I used to be this guy that was accessible all around the clock like people can message me or call me i used to love i used to get a kick out of people calling me randomly um and and that and that's a trap that we can all fall into we love this idea of our phone going off all the time because it makes us feel important right but i feel as though that's that's one area the other thing is we need to be aware and i think without awareness without tracking what we're doing we're not going to be able to see where the you know where the gaps are, where the things that we can improve on, or when we should be stopping. You know, the more aware of we are of what we do, the easier it becomes to make the changes or to set boundaries. So, you know, for example, if you're aware of what your schedule is like and and you're tracking it, you can then say, okay, next week I'm not going to schedule this time. So I've looked at my calendar for the whole week. I've had a busy Monday and Tuesday, which means. I want to have a quieter Thursday and Friday. So you can you can compromise in certain areas as well. So for example, I like to start my week off strong. So I might do a couple more hours on a Monday, Tuesday. That means on a Friday, I will finish earlier. And so you, you have to be able to track and be aware of what's going on in order to adapt and make those changes. You know what? I, I just want to, before you speak, Abby, on the tracking portion, this is a good point too. Also for those people that want, you know, that you see in social settings and they want to set up appointments, tracking where that progress goes, right? Does this person convert into a client? Because that will shut you down. That'll shut it down too. It's like, whenever I go over my mother-in-law's house, these same, you know, set of sisters are always like trying to get on my calendar and they just waste my life, right? So that's, <laughs> pay attention to that. So yeah, I, I do I do that kind of tracking too, so yeah. That's, that's amazing. And I think being proactive, if I were to throw in something here, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when starting off, um, you might have like a vague to-do list, right? Or, or just a to-do list, this is what I wanna do today. And then as, as things come up in your day, you'll, you'll give them attention, right? Because you just have a to-do list. You think as long as I can get it done, I'll get it done. And then what happens? Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock comes and you weren't able to complete it, right? So I think not only is it important to write down your to-do list, but also in terms of tracking to piggyback off of what you guys are saying to be specific about the time and the date that you're doing these activities in, right? What time am I doing this activity? What time am I doing that activity? So, you know, if someone calls you, you're like, wait, no, that's the time I allocated for this. So I can't, you know, give it to you right now, but can we fit it in somewhere else? Maybe I can fit it in there. I think that's that's a really important part of it. Now, you mentioned, Cordelia, you were interested to talk about the innovation part that Abdul Shurikur mentioned. And I want to also, you know, brush over it because we were talking about globalization, about, you know, having competing on a global scale with the business now. And Abdul Shurikur mentioned how important it is to innovate. So how important is it? Is it because a lot of entrepreneurs think, you know, just go ahead and copy someone that's successful. 
And it's funny because even there was, I think, a post that someone made in the group and they're like, secret success, step one, find someone who's successful, step two, copy them. And I declined the post because I didn't want to promote that kind of thinking in the group. So I, I like people think that they believe it. Is that really the way to go or, sh or should you be focusing on being different? Okay, so you have to know a template, right? Like, however, to like, if you were to get a college, you can't get a college degree like that, right? Plagiarism mm -hmm. is illegal. <laughs> so there are trademarking and copywriting laws, right? So yeah, that's that. There, there's a difference between looking at someone as a template, right? Because you can go to Canva and get a template as opposed to just like getting someone's actual playbook and just copying it and changing it to Cordelia. Right. Right. <laughs> right? So yeah, don't, don't do that. hundred percent. Anything you want to say about this before we uh, go into some audience questions? I think the cold copy and paste method, again, there's so many factors that we don't take into play. You're at a very different stage to your life than that person is. You're in a very different time. In the last, in, in, if you look at history, in the last 20 years, we've had more changes happen in this world than ever before. Right. More revolutions, more things happen. So how people operated back in 2000 uh, or in the 90s or in the 80s, you can't operate in that same way. You know, right. there's a different level of opportunity. There's a different factor. There's a different time. We have different struggles. Like, for example, now it's easier to become an entrepreneur. Ten years ago, I was probably one of the one of the very few young Muslim entrepreneurs in the, in, in the UK. So there's, there's a very different, you know, there's so many factors that come into play that we actually don't consider. And I think it's important to think, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a template, but there's a structure there. I can follow that structure, but I need to tailor it. I need to tailor it to this current stage and where I'm at in my life. I need to tailor it to my habits, my mindset, the people around me for example if you take steve jobs mentality of blocking everyone out and, and doing everything else then it's going to affect you and your personal life because if you value those things especially as muslims if you you're not going to have time for prayer that means because you're now adapted someone else's mentality or copied and pasted something else so just because it worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you got it Definitely. And I think that's important because a lot of people, entrepreneurs, they're starting off, they look at someone else and they're like, oh, that guy has Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and he's on a million platforms and he's doing all this and he's doing lives and podcasts and he has a group and he has coaching. And you're like, all right, this is what I need to do. And then you're like, next thing you know, you have a giant to-do list like this that you can never get done and you're just all over the place. And that's why even for me, I mean, I created my Instagram profile. I think you guys know like last week, right? And there's yeah. a reason for that. There's a reason for that because I knew that before that point in time, I just didn't have enough space in my schedule to manage. It would be too much. And even though I know it was necessary for my business, because there are a lot of people on Instagram and it's nice to have content there as well. I accepted that and still decided not to do it until I was ready because I knew it would just be too much on my plate and it would really get me to the point of burnout. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think I started out on two platforms, kind of three, because Periscope and Twitter were connected, right? Mm -hmm. So that was like kind of by default, and then Facebook. 
Um, but I didn't really get into Instagram until I think probably last year. And um, yeah, so yeah, don't, there, it's not necessary. You don't have to do all that. Totally yeah. don't. So for everyone of you listening who think you need Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, and everything, take your time with it. Focus on one platform, be good at it, make sure that you build something there, and then grow, inshallah, step by step. Now, with your permission, guys, we're going to take a few more minutes. We're going to dive into some audience questions because we have a lot of people sending in their questions, and they're interested to get your opinions on a few things. Are we ready? Can we do this? Yes. Let's dive in. All right, perfect. So the first one is uh, from a Facebook user. And I like this question. I want to know your opinion. It says, how do you guys focus? This seems to be the hardest thing for me. My brain is all over, right? Focus, big focusing question, big focusing question. Uh, I think we kind of talked about that with the time blocking, right? Mm -hmm. So you have certain times to do certain tasks. Another thing I do is I have theme days, right? So um, I know some people do money Mondays or follow-up Fridays, you know, those kind of things help. And then in the moment, if you're scatterbrained, maybe you should meditate. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of helped. Meditation, huge. What about you, Abdul Shkor? Um, I'm slightly different. So I have a, a manual in my business, which means... I have a similar task that I have to repeat because I'm following a system in order for me to, to get something. So once you've identified or created a manual in your business, which allows you to get a consistent amount of results, you focus on that. So for me, it's like I have a manual on marketing. I have a manual in sales. I do those things first. Everything comes after. So as long as I followed my manual, anything additional, I can add in when I have a time block or I add in when I feel inspired to do something, or I add it in when, for example, a meeting's canceled. So there's there's always opportunities for you to do other things, but until you sit there and you map out, this is what I need to do that's gonna help me go from A to Z. Again, you make improvements along the way of that system. You're constantly updating that manual and that system, but it's important to have something in place in the beginning. That's why I love um, Abby's program and what he teaches in his programs is because because it's very much about following a system and then you're then improving it or making it your own. And I mm -hmm. think that's the that's the freedom that you've allowed other people to, to have. Um, and it's very similar. If you want to focus, create a system, follow it, and then improve it as you go along. Definitely. And I think you mentioned a really nice point that I agree with, which is to separate between the need to do's and the nice to do's, right? Like there's the need to do's in your business. Like, you know, like I need to do this. I need to accomplish these tasks because that's what keeps my business alive. And that's what helps me grow it. And then there's the nice to do's, right? The extra interviews, the extra social media posts, whatever it is that you would, you'd like to do, but it's not what is essential to your business right now. And I think making that distinction helps you understand what you prioritize and then consequently, how do you focus? So I, I, I definitely agree with that. So we got another from another uh, of our viewers, and this is from Sister Laura, and she says, uh, "Someone just launched. If someone just launched a project, you as an entrepreneur have to work twenty four seven. So it's it's funny because this is what I was talking about earlier uh, about in the beginning stages. It's a little bit harder. I know Sister Laura. She actually has. I'll give a shout out to it. She has an app that she's working on. It's called My Moon, and it's uh, an app that helps." students and i believe younger students learn the quran one-on-one -on -one through online mentors so it's a it's a beautiful project so i'm going to give it a shout out um on this podcast i'm happy to and she's working on this and 
she feels that she now has to work on it 24 seven because there's questions and she, she, she feels like she needs to be there. So how can she manage her time without being worried about her project, being worried that, you know, there's customer questions that aren't being answered. There's things that aren't being done. How can we give her some support? Customer service hours, right? If you, don't, if you don't have a team, customer service hours. Um, and, you know, then of course, uh, what do you call it? Like you were just saying revenue generating activities before mm -hmm. the rest. Yeah. You know, so sorting out the those questions accordingly. Yeah, the need to do the need to do's versus the nice to do's. Yeah, Abdulshkur, any advice we can give to the sister before we dive into the next? Go for it. Um, one of the things that has really um, helped me over the years is two things. One is building a community, um, and 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 this is the conversation me and Abby have literally all the time about the community, because the community allows you to bring people together to get to a stage where you don't have to be that customer service person all the time because there's people in the group where if Abby is not there, we know that someone's one of us has got his back. So there'll be someone that will step in and say, actually, yeah, I can answer that question for you. And then he'll come back to you in his own time. So that's the beauty of bringing people together and having a community. So if you don't have a community around your business just yet, get people together because that's going to save you a lot of time if you're looking to do surveys if you're looking to you know to, to do your marketing you're killing so many birds with one stone you can get feedback on your on your tech product you can get uh you know customer service you can improve retention rate you can increase sales there's so many things that a community um can do for your business it's it's, it's phenomenal uh for example monzo monzo's uh for those that don't know monzo monzo's a really cool orange banking card and they literally grow, uh, grew to three million users without a penny on advertising purely because of their element of community because when they went there there were people there to step in there's so many great examples of things like airbnb uh, there's so many of those examples where you can build communities and 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 get the people to do the work for you. The second thing is um, strategic partnerships. Um, strategic partnerships are when you're creating win-win situations with other people and you're incentivizing for them to grow your business. For example, I I raise money. That doesn't mean I'm always going to have access to investors at every single point in time. So what I do do is I have a separate database, a separate community of strategic partners that I'm nurturing in the background to help me find something. So if I'm ever stuck, I know that there's someone out there that can help me. The third thing is power team. Just because you um, you, you don't have uh, the team or the people that you can pay right now, you can still build the power team of service providers. You can still build a power team of interns. I built my first business to 12 employees because I took on 12 interns from uni and then I, I got them to help me grow my business and then I hired all of them at the end of it. So it literally, there's there's quicker ways in for you to do things. And I feel like community and strategic partnerships are, are, are one of the key strategies that people miss out. Yeah. That's a good point, definitely. And uh, I think as well with, with current globalization, to kind of piggyback off our earlier conversation, you can hire help in, in areas where your money is worth more than it is, let's say, in the US or Canada, right? So there's sisters, brothers in the Philippines and in other countries that, you know, things like three to $500 a month is like a salary here of $1,500 to $2,000 a month in Canada. 
and, it, and it's it's more than enough for let's say someone working full time there to help you as a customer service rep. So these are things that you can also look into, inshallah, to help you out and to help make that distinction. But I think if there's one thing to remember as well, customer service hours, 100%, like that needs to be clear. It can't always be 24 seven, right? There, and, and people understand that, right? The people don't expect to have their answers, uh, their questions answered around the clock is just unreasonable. Uh, so let's dive into the next one. Would you please, cause this kind of, it's a nice uh, segue into um, what we were just talking about. Would you please discuss how you plan and delegate and break the tasks down. This is my biggest struggle as well. We were just talking about delegating. So uh, I know your answer on that. I want to hear Cordelia's. What do you have in terms of delegating, breaking the tasks down? Yeah, as I'm doing stuff, I do capture the process. Um, so I can um, give it to my teenagers to do. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Leverage your your kids, guys. Leverage, leverage yeah, so. Child power. <laughs> I have I have three teenagers. Now I'm going to have a fourth teenager. So like knowing and just knowing their strengths, you know, like what are what are my strengths, right? What am I really good at or what do I love to do? And what do I what do I not love to do? The things that you don't love to do, those will definitely go on the things to delegate list straight away. Um, and yeah, just but capturing um, how you're doing stuff. Mm hmm. Love it. Yeah. And that's a very straightforward question. And I think because when you kind of break it down step by step, when the time comes to hire someone, you just be like, here, this is the exact step you need to follow, or as we call it, SOP, standard operating procedure that you have to follow. So I think that's an awesome answer to that. We have another one here, and it's quality time versus quantity time. So I'm just trying to find it here. But essentially, what the person is asking is, can we consider work-life balance in terms of quality time or quantity of time? Is there a distinction that we have to make? I did a post about this the other day. Um, I was rolling down the hill with my daughters. And so um, we, I think we only did that for 30 minutes. I was really dizzy when I was done, but you know, <laughs> we didn't have to spend a lot of time doing that, um, but it was high quality time. And that's really what matters. You know, just kind of like when you were talking about the tea with your wife, you know, dinner with your wife, um, time with your husband. And you know it's it's the quality of the time, being fully present, and you know looking to their into their eyes, listening to what they have to say. That's what matters. Um, but you know you can spend three hours with your spouse, and it'll just be meaningless because you could be watching a movie. I hate watching movies actually, but right. you know so. And it's funny you say that because uh, I, I mean my my spouse always uh, because we're in COVID right now and we work together and, and at home and so you know sometimes when it comes to spending time together in the evenings I'm like but we just spent all day together she's like but no we were working and I'm like it doesn't count so there's definitely a distinction there and I think if if you don't make it I think your spouse is going to make it for you but what are your <laughs> thoughts on that Abdul Shakur? Oh, I I definitely uh, resonate with what you're saying, yeah. Because when we first got married, we I was I was working from home all the time. So you get so um, what's the word? You get so complacent, you get so relaxed that you forget to make an effort. You forget mm -hmm. to do things to actually be present. So I think um, I couldn't do what you saying. Sometimes you have to just be completely present. Um, and 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 sometimes you need to turn your phone off. And you, and if you're talking about the quality of time at work. Same thing there. You need to close all your other distractions and, and sit there and focus on a task rather than try and like, I used to, and I still have this habit, which, but, but I'd say 
have like a hundred tabs open. That would be a trap to fall into. Um, so if you have um, less tabs open, or if you put your phone to the side and, and turn it on silent, it allows you to then focus. So sometimes it's about, you know, removing the distractions that we have. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's really where we just talked about earlier, but like the focus as well is important. And the thing is about a lot of entrepreneurs that are starting off and that don't do these, because if we're talking about work-life balance as a concept, and I think that's important to highlight, and we're talking about work-life balance as a concept, the reason, like the biggest thing that I see is a lot of entrepreneurs they need less work-life balance, not more, right? Because I think a lot of a lot of people they struggle to do the work, and 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 you know what happens is you're kind of in this middle, and I tr I've experienced it before, and I want to hear your feedback. When you're in this middle zone where you're not productive, but you're not taking the time off because you know I, you have to work, but at the same time you can't find the energy and the motivation, so you're just kind of like on your computer, not doing anything and enjoying yourself, but also not really getting any work done. And it's, I think that's the worst state to be in because it's really just. A waste of time. I mean, you're not doing work and you're not being, you're not, you know, enjoying yourself fully because you feel bad that you should try to be working. So that distinction of, you know, being able to separate between both, but then also more importantly, being able to leverage both as much as possible, because if you're not, then, you know, you're not going to be getting much out of either. Right. What are your thoughts on that? You want to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, for me, it's the, I lost my trailer, I thought I just gone blank now. This is what happens when you no first. I saw no. your brain working, I was like, you go first. <laughs> cool, no worries. No, but it's it kind of recap. It's really because, yeah, go for it. Okay, so what, what comes up for me is, you know, again, first of all, I, I cannot have more than two tabs open, like currently have two tabs open. Right. <laughs> Second of all, um, if it's not revenue generating, then don't do it, mm. right? You're not, you're not doing anything. That's called spinning wheels. If you're not like uh, replying to a contact or, you know, an inquiry, something that's going to have an, a monetary outcome, then you're not working. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's where it's so important, guys. Like if you're finding trouble to, you know, get, get anything, you feel like you're sometimes not able to take personal time because your work is taking so long. Sometimes it's not because it is, it's just because the, the focus and, and, the, and what you're working on isn't necessarily what you should be, where it should be, sorry. So for example, you know, you might have a task list, but only 20% of those tasks actually contribute to your results, right? The 80-20 rule, 20% of what we do contributes to 80% of the output. So I think it's important to look at your task list in that case and understand, okay, out of that, what can I trim? Like, where can I trim the fat and just put my all into those few things that will really make a difference. And that will also help inshallah in terms of attaining that work-life balance that we're all striving for. Now, before, I think we're almost up to an hour, so I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. So before we end, is there anything, any parting comments that you guys want to give to our audience before we tell them where they can follow you or they can reach you inshallah. Cordelia, I'll let you go first. Um, the only last thing that comes to mind is just be very mindful of your energy and your capacity to do something. You're if you're not present with what you're doing, then you know you're not going to give it full quality. Um, I see a lot of stuff in the chat. I, I didn't have comments on all this time, but I, I see a lot of comments about to-do list. Here's my philosophy on that. 
the three biggest things that scare the bejesus out of you, do that first, right? Mm -hmm. Or the things that you dread doing, do it first. And then all the other stuff is just going to be like icing on the cake. Definitely. And I think in the morning when you have that full battery, right? Instead of, that's why you're saying do it first. Because at the end of the day, it's like you, you feel drained, right? There's only so yeah. much you can do. 100%. What about you, brother? Abdul Shakur. <laughs> um, I'm very much about mastery. So what I mean by mastery is, I mean, doing what comes natural to you. There's certain aspects of business that come very easy to us. Whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's the HR, whether it's the presentation, the graphic design, whatever it is, I say to people, do what comes natural to you first and try to maneuver or adapt your business. You know, like if you want to achieve real work-life balance, the best way to do it is focus on the thing that comes natural to you and become great at it. For example, in my industry, there's there's probably like for example, in property, you could go and get a property you can find the deals and find the opportunities on the other hand then you have to go find investors then you have to be you know manage the build team and project manage everything that is a lot for any single person to do especially in our businesses so for me it's a, a, a thing of focus on the one thing that comes very natural to you so for me i set up my private equity business in that way because i said okay raising investors finding investors comes easier to me I'm going to outsource or I'm going to partner with the right people to, to do the rest. And I'm going to focus on that one thing. So if you want to have a work-life balance, if you want to stay focused, if you want to do what needs to do, just do less and focus on the thing that you're great at doing rather because if, you know, it's easier to focus on your strengths than it is on your weaknesses. And, on you, you know, it's good to understand your weaknesses and, and slowly work on them. But then there's people out there that can help and support you. And, and you could just shift or, as they say, pivot your industry or pivot your business to work or operate in that way. Beautiful. I love it, brother. And I think that's a really amazing parting advice for our audience. And I think the best way to do that, guys, again, if you feel like, but I'm tight on money, but I'm just starting off, either you can partner with someone who wants to join and work with you on the business. You can work with people that are overseas that are charging a little bit less to do the same type of work and they're perfectly skilled at what they do. So there's a lot of options out there, inshallah. So make sure to check it out. And again, I want to give a big heartfelt thank you to our guests sister Cordelia Gaffar and brother Abdul Shakur for joining me on this panel today. I think this was one of the funnest episodes because it's like, it was like such a back and forth. And I mean, the number of live viewers we have today is mashallah is, I think this is the most live viewers we've had consistently throughout an episode. So it means people are loving it. They're, they're loving the engagement. The comments are just, they keep flying off. So it was an awesome episode. Everyone enjoyed it. I just wanted to thank you, sister Cordelia Gaffar. Where can people go to support you? Where can they go to stay in contact with you, to connect with you? Right. So the best way to con contact me is at my website, CordeliaGaffar.com. Um, and I also have a Facebook group, which is called the Replenish Me group. So, right. and it also has my name in parentheses. So <laughs> awesome. We'll make sure to drop those links in the episode notes or in the description. And for you, brother Dol Shakur, again, my heartfelt gratitude for coming back on this episode uh, and in this podcast, I mean, for a third time, it's always a joy to have you. Where can people go to support you, to follow you? Um, I love interaction. So for me, it's like if, if you, you know, just message me and, and if, uh, uh, and, or if you see me in the group or if you see me in the comment section, just, just respond. And I think I get a kick out of that. So um, yeah, 
um, feel free to message me if, if you guys are, are watching on Facebook, if you guys are on YouTube. I'll be around commenting somewhere. So just yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Awesome, guys. And you can do that through our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Ummapreneur. And as well, Abdul Shakur, if you want to visit his website, abdulshakur.com. Is that correct? Just want to double check. Yep. Awesome. So that's where people can go as well, guys. And again, I want to thank the guests, thank the viewers for watching live. And thank you guys if you're listening after we record the episode. And if you are, then make sure to follow, subscribe, rate the podcast, and join us inside the group to join this conversation live where we have these amazing panels with these amazing guests that come and share their knowledge with us. Thank you all for watching. Take care, guys. See you next episode. Assalamu alaikum.